they're the only major manufacturer of of uh, hernia mesh that uses the polyester. And a lot of people are saying that it's just, it's the very worst material that you can put into a human body. Um, so these cases, uh, well, first of all, it's also, it's, it's, not only does it break down um, and cause a lot of inflammation, but it, it's just, it's very weak. And so when you put in a mesh, you're trying to put it in there to strengthen the tissue. Yeah. And so this of all products is falling apart much more quickly um, and not really doing what it's supposed to do in the first place. Yeah. And then it's causing a lot of inflammation. And um, there are a number of studies that have been coming out over the years um, as early back as 2003, indicating that this was problematic. Um, but it's a product that is um, still being used. I mean, how, how the hell does something like this get on the market? Prioritizing profits. Prioritizing prioritizing pro Dangerous drug and product cases. All right, welcome back. Another episode. Prioritizing profits, dangerous drug and product cases. We're back. Here we are. Woohoo! Here we are. How are you doing? How was this last week for you? Excellent. All good. Yeah. Somewhat busy week, um, but things are good. Good. <clears throat> good to be back. Good to see my kiddo uh, once a week. It's... Yeah, Good it's deal. Nice. It's something to look forward to. You know, we do a record Wednesday, middle of the week. Uh, it's something that's kind of like hump day is always difficult, right? Yeah. But this time we got something to look forward to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes I catch up on what's going on with you on the air. Yeah. <laughs> or on the podcast, as it were. I know. So I walk in and we don't <laughs> say anything to each other. Save all the content <laughs> for the podcast. Can't waste a single word. Nope, 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 nope. I want to be surprised. I want to be... Want to, exactly. I want to get all the you details. You want to me mid-sentence and I'm like, wait, wait, we got to save this for the podcast. Come on. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, so how was your week? It was good. Everything went pretty well. Everything went well. You know, the, the reveal went through last week. Um, yeah. There was a little, a little nervous that it wasn't going to actually go through. You know, we had some issues. Well, it was a little bit of drama the week before, so yeah. it was exciting to hear that it really had gone as planned this time. A little bit of drama. A little bit of drama, but we figured it out. We did the full reveal on Friday, did the spaces afterwards. Everyone was super excited. Everyone's loving the art. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of monkeys. A lot of them. It's a 15K collection. 10,000 are out right now, but roughly, I think it was like three or 4,000 have been revealed. Um, all of the traits, we weren't sure because there's a lot of super rare traits, right? We had like the legendary uh, species and legendary clothing. And with 15,000, we weren't sure if all of them were going to come out or get revealed within those first few thousand. But lucky, lucky enough, all of them did. Um, people are loving it. The, the rares look good. The non-rares, the commons, they all look good. Mm -hmm. All the monkeys are good. And so like your whole community is basically expanded by, well, I guess people might, it's not like one monkey per person. Yeah. And, and, and as we know, people who already had monkeys had first dibs on the new monkeys. Yeah. But still, I'm assuming that that's expanding your whole community, or I'm not sure if you call what you call the community. No, yeah, it is, it is a community. <laughs> community. So interesting, actually, numbers that the original collection, the Gen 2 had a 5,000 supply. But we only had about eighteen to nineteen hundred members in the Discord at a time, and a lot of the time that was because people hold a bunch of them. Okay, uh, could you have a monkey and just not have joined the Discord? So uh, yeah, yeah, and I'm sure that was the case a lot of the time because I mean we're so old that there's probably a lot of people that just bought them and 
yeah. you know, haven't kept up with it or they're busy and they just, you know, haven't really cared to really get into the community. They just hold on to it. So you had eighteen or 1,900 people who were active in the community before, and now do you know how the numbers have increased from there? Yeah, mm. I think we are mid-3,000s. Oh, that's a, big, that's a big jump. Yeah, I think we touched 4,000 a little bit, so we almost nearly doubled the community, which is a lot. It's a lot of new people, a lot of new personalities, attitudes. <laughs> um, well, that'll, it'll be interesting, I'm sure. Yeah, it's been a little bit hard to balance. I mean, there's a lot of like the OG people that aren't super happy. There's a lot of new people that aren't super happy. But on both sides, there's also a lot of people that are happy. Well, so. and nothing, nothing's going to make everyone happy. That's yeah. just, that's the way it goes. But, yeah. you know, progress, moving on, expansion, those are good things, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and so that was kind of the big hurdle. Now we got a little bit more that we're planning out, but that's the way down the road. For right now, we kind of get a few weeks to settle down, <laughs> reflect, figure out what we could have done better, appreciate what we did well, and then plan towards the future. Good deal, good deal. And we'll be consistently here. Yeah, uh, you know, I was I was surprised people were interested. I was, you know, I'm always a little hesitant to talk about NFTs. I feel like a lot of people just think, you know, I mean, they just don't have a great rep. Well, I think a lot of people have no idea what they're about. And I mean, I, we were just talking with some friends at, you know, at dinner the weekend and, you know, and people who aren't familiar with them, I mean, it still just sounds so questionable, Absurd, you know, I mean, yeah. it's like something you can't hold, you know, and those of us who are a little bit older, and I mean, you know, it's something we can't see, we can't hold, um, we just have to trust that it exists there mm. in the ether, yeah. you know, just kind of floating around, but it costs us a lot of money. And, um, but, but I think it was actually helpful, because you explained it, in a way, I try to explain it, um, and and I feel like I should understand it better because you're so involved, um, but I just don't do a good job of it. And so a lot of people have said that when they listen to you give the whole spiel the last three weeks, yeah. um, they're like, oh, I finally kind of get what you were talking about. That's really interesting what he does. Why didn't you tell me that? I'm like, well, I think I did tell you that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm glad I'm glad that I explained it in a, in a good enough way people understand. I've uh, had a lot of practice. Yes. You are the talker, the, the uh, spokesman as it were, right? Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. You got yeah. to be able to talk to a wide variety of audiences. Absolutely. And you do. And you do. Yeah. And here we are talking to uh, our legal friends as yeah. well. Here we are. Speaking of legal friends, I mean, last week we spent quite a bit of time on the monkey, so nice. I don't want to take up too much time this week. We got to hop into the legal stuff. This is why the real reason people are here. It is. It is. Uh, well, hopefully. <clears throat> hopefully. <laughs> and of course, we, we always talk about things that we are actively involved in. But what I always like to start out with just kind of, as I say, the crazy shit in the news. Mm. You know, I mean, just some some really weird things, but um, not just anything, but things that have, you know, a legal angle to them and, you know, some different novel legal theories. Um, and the first thing that, that kind of got my attention this week was a lawsuit that was recently filed. And so it's just been filed. So we don't know how this is all going to pan out. But it's kind of it's what happened is um, this a GPS tracking company has been sued. And they've been sued by the parents of two young people who were actually murdered. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So it was a young man and a young woman, and the young woman's ex-boyfriend had been stalking her for some time. And she knew that this was happening. She had done everything she could. They had security cameras. Um, she had even contacted the police, um, checking her phone. Um, and what he had done is he had gone out and he had bought this spy tech GPS tracker. And so it's this little contraption and it's in this, you know, waterproof 
um, little, little uh, magnetic. And you stick it to the bottom of the car. Yeah, yeah, like you see those on TV and that sort of thing. Yeah, they look. I mean, it's you see it like a lot of cops do it. They roll under the car while it's moving, and then keep on going. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And so then that, that connects to an app on your phone and you can track somebody, you know, every 60 seconds that updates. So it tells you exactly where they are. And so she was dating this new guy and it was, I don't, it was someplace, it was cross state lines and, you know, I don't know, a hundred and some, you know, miles away. It wasn't like right around the corner or anything, but he was able to track her and then he came, found them and shot them and killed them. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, horrible story. Um, I mean, obviously these things happen, um, but it's an interesting theory because the parents are suing the maker of this device and they're saying that um, that, that the product is, first of all, it's, it's a dangerous product mm-hmm. um, and that and it basically allows somebody, it allows stalking is what it does. Yeah, nefarious mm. activities. I mean, I'm trying to think right now, like what is a, a reasonable use of that, right? I mean, the, the idea of it is you want to track someone without them knowing. Well, maybe. So, well, that's the thing. They're saying that you shouldn't be allowed to track somebody without them knowing and that you're produced the way that this thing works. It's very easy to make sure they don't know. You can, you know, it's, it's battery operated. It doesn't be plugged into anything in the vehicle where you'd have to be inside, have access to the interior yeah. of the car, the key, anything like that. You just stick it on the bottom and you can follow them. I mean, there are reasons. So, for example, if you're um, a company, say, that has a fleet of vehicles, um, you know, oh, you have trucks, yeah. you have delivery vehicles, you have service vehicles, you know, you have the air conditioning repair people, the Comcast people, all mm-hmm. of that, right? Um, and, and you own those vehicles. I think that it is reasonable for you to want to be able to track the vehicle, know where they are. I mean, you want to know if the, I mean, if the guy's like, you know, visiting his girlfriend, you know, when he's supposed to be installing my cable, yeah. we want to know. Oh, that's fair. Right? <laughs> well, even in those cases, though, I would assume there's probably a better way to go about it than this like small spy device. Right. That- Right. So that, that's what they're saying. I mean, they're saying that, you know, again, if it's a business use, there's no reason for it to have to be super secretive. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and so what they were saying is, you know, in, in certain, certain states have laws that's saying that this is illegal um, and, and it is considered to be stalking. Um, and Arizona is one. It is, it is illegal in Arizona, but well, other states. Yeah. What states is it where you can track people without them knowing and it's, hey, you're good. Well, it's not so much that they have a law saying it's okay. They just don't have a law saying it's not okay. So that then by <laughs> there's nothing saying that you can't okay so if you got caught then yeah. <laughs> well no i mean i mean if there's no law about it yeah you know and maybe so in arizona it comes under the stalking statute mm-hmm. so if i own you know if i'm if i want to attach this to my vehicle it's perfectly reasonable for me to do that and yep. then if i loan the vehicle that sort of thing um so again if you own the vehicle then you can do it but if but to attach it to somebody else's vehicle that's good going to be illegal in most states. So, you know, again, the question is, I mean, there are lots of things that can be used legally and illegally, and this would be one of those. So is this company, did this company somehow participate in this murder or enable this murder to happen? So it's a really, it's a, I I mean, it kind of caught my attention because I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. I wonder how that's going to go. Yeah, that is interesting. And and the way I thought about it too is when when I saw the GPS tracking, I was thinking maybe like Snapchat. 
recipes. There were snap maps that they added a while back, which I never understood. Oh, I've never heard of that. And so it's essentially like Find My Friends where, oh, you yeah. know, you can share your location with other people. But on Snapchat, it's almost like a public thing. You can swipe something where it says anyone that is your friend on Snapchat, they can just pull it up on the maps and see where you're at. But typically, I mean, people have 50, 100 friends, so they just have a ton of people. And, and you wouldn't think they're going to look at you specifically. But I was always, in my head, I was like, why on God's earth would <laughs> I want other people to know where I'm at? And why would I care where other people are at? Well, unless you want to stalk them or somebody wants well, to stalk it, you. See, I that's mean, it the sounds thing. really suspicious. I, yeah. I, I mean, I guess you, it, I mean, it's one of those safety things too, like when you're in the Uber and you want to like share your ride with somebody because you're worried you're yeah. going to get kidnapped or something like that. Um, or if, you know, somebody takes a ride with somebody home from a bar or whatever, I mean, I guess you could locate where they are. Um, Again, there's just, I feel like there's just better ways to go about it than Snapchat. Yeah. So with the Snapchat thing, was that something you had to agree to or did it automatically track your friends? Or could uh, you- So I don't remember because it, it's been out for a long time. And I know for me personally, as soon as I saw that it came out, I made sure that, you know, it wasn't turned on. I don't want people to see yeah. me staying in my room for 24 hours a day. <laughs> Is he alive? Should yeah. we call him? He hasn't moved. I don't want them to realize how little I actually do during the week. <laughs> it's like the opposite of <laughs> Everybody else is zooming all over. What the hell are they? Yeah. Well, we know where Ben is. No, exactly. It's like, oh, it's Friday night. Oh, well, he's back at home <laughs> watching TV. Hmm, Saturday night, same thing. I'm doubting that your life is quite that boring, but... <laughs> no, but so going back to the main point, you know, when it did come out, I was mm-hmm. very, you know, aware of it and wanted to make sure that mine wasn't out. Uh, but when I go on Snap Maps, not Snap Maps, I mean a majority of my friends have it enabled, and you yeah. can see where they are when they move. And I'm sure it's not like every sixty seconds like that device, yeah. but it's pretty frequently. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I wonder if there have been any lawsuits against Snap. Is it Snap Map? Uh, yeah, it's Snapchat, Snap. but it's it's Maps on Snapchat, so Snap okay. Maps. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of a little lingo. alliteration. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that's interesting. I don't know. Um, I guess we'll see what happens with this one. I mean, you know, again, it's it's a product that, um, you know, has could have some, you know, reasonable uses, um, but it's being used nefariously. And, and are they are they on the hook for that? So. And so what's what's the consensus right now or the general thoughts? I mean, that it, it does seem like a little bit of a stretch, but it kind of goes back to what you were talking about, like a reasonable use of an item right like with a vacuum where if enough people do it then it's like <laughs> the reason it's reasonable to assume people or, or are gonna not, do it. <laughs> yes what would the reasonable person do or yeah. or could it be is it is a misuse of a product reasonably foreseeable it, so yeah, that was what it was yeah so is is something you know are, are enough people misusing it that yeah. then the company knows that and so that that's an interesting aspect of this because perhaps um these types of cases where the company is alerted to, hey, this has been used in these ways, mm-hmm. maybe they could modify it so that it would be, um, you know, that it couldn't be used in those manners. I don't know exactly how they would do that. I mean, the suggestions that it wouldn't be something that could be just slapped onto the bottom of the vehicle, that you had to actually plug it in somewhere or put it in the interior yeah. of the vehicle. At least that means that you have to have keys or have access. The to driver or owner has to like probably <clears throat> be aware of it or you yeah. have to do, you know, go out of your way to do something nefarious, break into a car or something yeah. like that. You know, and then, you know, for you know, pr- uh, private investigators, or I mean, still, they probably shouldn't be slapping stuff on other people's vehicles. But I mean, maybe somebody who's licensed, um, those sorts of things, they're less likely to be murderers. Yeah. I don't know. And I mean, I've heard a lot of stories too about stalking that there's not much people that are getting stalked can do. 
you know, they report it to the police. You know, it's hard to kind of offer proof. Even when you do, it requires a lot of evidence, a lot of proof, like clear that your your life is in danger or that you're in danger of, of, of being harmed in some way. And then even at that point, it's, you know, a restraining order, which in some cases, if you're really scared about this person that's stalking you, like... Oh yeah, you know, it's a piece of paper. It's a piece of paper, and that's—is that going to stop them from breaking into my house and doing something? Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, there's a piece of paper, and so yes, the the sanctions are going to be much worse if they violate it. Yeah. But again, somebody who's out to kill you, I mean, they're it's, not worried so much about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I at mean, that point, it's like, oh darn it, I'm violated for, for <laughs> breaking that, but I also killed someone. So yeah, uh, I mean, I'm willing to kill somebody, but I don't want to violate a yeah, protective I, order or a restraining order. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's problematic. You know, and, and of course, that's going to weigh on both sides, too, because, you, you know, you can't restrict somebody's movements and freedom. And yeah. and what if somebody is being wrongly accused? I mean, you always hear those crazy stories. Um, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a tough balancing act. And I, I don't I mean, that's that's into the criminal realm. So I don't really know the answer, um, the details on that. But but um, if it's something you're interested in, I'm sure I could. Could delve deeper. Yeah, I mean, I think it was just kind of interesting. It was connected to this piece of the stalking. And so this guy killed the uh, ex-girlfriend and her new boyfriend. Yeah, her new boyfriend. How did did he kill her? I I believe they were shot. Okay. Oh, that's kind of... I mean, that's just clean, you know? I would would assume uh, violence or or crimes of passion are usually a lot more gruesome. Being shot's pretty gruesome. I mean, I don't well, know I mean, I watch like, like you know, like the, the cop shows, <laughs> the CS, CSI. Usually, it's like, oh, you go to the husband or you go to the ex or whatever, and usually those are like the stabbings. Well, you want the hands on, the yeah, lots of the blood. strangling. Yeah. You look into their eyes, just some fucking creepy shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I, I believe they were shot, which okay. probably is probably is better in the scheme of things, unfortunately. Um, so what else? What else has been going on in the news? Well, something I was just um, in the office today, and, and I saw this news alert pop up. I just thought it was was strange. It said um, that Michigan is the tenth state to ban child marriage, and I was like, "What?" The tenth. I mean, we got a lot of states. That uh, well, a low. it's a very small percentage. Yeah, and it was weird. And I'd said to Danny, "I'm like, did you know? Did you know this that most states allow child marriage?" And she was like, "Yes." As a matter of fact, I did. I don't know what she had been reading, but but I was like, "Okay." Um, <laughs> And her children are younger, but actually they're not that young. Um, anyway, so then I was I was kind of curious about it, so I kind of checked it out. And and it's a little bit, basically, the gist is that in general you have to be 18 years of age to get married, although some states don't even require that. But um, even the states that do require you be 18, there are all these exceptions. And some of them yeah. are like basically your parents say it's okay. Yeah. And there are people, you know, 10, 12-year-old kids getting married to 60, 70-year-old men. Jeez. Wait, so in these situations, is it like are there if, – if they're under 18 and like as long as the parent says it's okay, does not matter the age? Or is it like down to 16, 14? Is there any type Well, different of- states. Some are 14. Some are 16. Um, but, but so what Michigan did – and so Michigan is now one of 10 states that has banned it. It doesn't matter what your parents say. Yeah. You cannot legally get married until you're 18. That makes sense. Well, it does make sense. I mean, you think about it, you can't drink alcohol until you're 21. You can't, I mean, and yet you can get married. Well, and the entire argument with, with alcohol is that your decision-making side of your brain hasn't fully developed, which in that case, then, you know, why, why are you making a decision? I mean, and getting married is like a huge freaking decision. Yeah. I mean, of all the things that you want, I mean, I think personally think people shouldn't get be able to get married until they're 30. Oh, I mean, fuck. that's my that's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really planning on it until then, but... <laughs> 
I know a lot of people that are, you know, they're high school sweethearts and as soon as, or the Mormons, Christians, you know, yeah. they're waiting till marriage. Uh, they want to get that ring on as fast as they can. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, and that's actually you know, what, what uh, one of the issues with it. And there are organizations that are really pushing for these, um, for the legislation in the States to, to uh, prevent this, because what they're saying is basically it's like a, it's like a loophole for child sex abuse. Yeah, it sounds um, like it. You know, and, and the States all will have different uh, variety of ages of consent, but generally the age of consent, you know, in 16, 17, 17, um, some type states 18. But I mean, if these situations where you can marry somebody at 14, because, oh, so the being married is always an exception to that's the what statutory I was rape. Ask. Yeah. Yes. So there, that's an exception. So, so if you marry somebody who's 12, then you can have sex with them and it's not against the law in certain states, yeah. you know, but I mean, I think it's, it's, it's a good thing that they're pushing to, you know, have more states jump on the bandwagon. Well, I wouldn't say it's a bandwagon because there's only 10 of them so far, but where they're saying, no, nobody's, nobody's getting married. Till yeah, I mean, thank God this is happening, but it seems a little late. Like this is kind of like prehistoric. I mean, these, <laughs> these type of restrictions and age requirements. I mean, this is... Yeah, I mean, that's just shocking that that's a thing. Well, I had no idea it was a thing. It was just strange. It just, like, popped up, and I was like, oh, Michigan, you know, bans child marriage. And I'm like, what? Don't we all ban child marriage? Isn't that just a bad thing? Shouldn't ch Children should be getting married. What the heck? And then I started digging deeper, and I was like, wow. Um, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I thought I would let you know that. I wonder, too, if that's connected at all with arranged marriages. Because there's a lot of cultures that are really big into arranged marriages. And I, I think it's usually later than 18. But I'm sure there's been a few cases where it's like before 18, you know, the parents meet up and they're like, oh, your son's successful. My daughter's successful. Let's throw them together. Well, yeah. And I mean, like you said, in, in certain um, religions and cultures, also there's, uh, well, I mean, in, I, I don't want to <laughs> get off on anything too troubling. But I mean, in certain cultures, yeah, they definitely are arranging marriages earlier on um, and there are certain cultures that really look favorably on older men and younger women getting married and again you know as long as the woman is legal age is 18 and can make a decision although like I said man 18 still feels so young to me I mean yeah. and I was joking about the 30 thing I mean I, there are people I know people who have gotten married younger than that and who have had very very long happy happy marriages um, I just know that for me I was very immature at 18 and yeah. I was not capable of making that kind of a, a kind of a life decision. Well, it's good that this is people are, are starting to wake up. Um, you know, good that people are, are recognizing it and celebrating it, but also concerning that it needs to be celebrated in the first place. You know, like I said, there's, this seems something like a pretty obvious oversight here. Yeah. Yeah. Scary stuff. I mean, it's just, you know, there's sometimes these things just pop up and you're like, well, I just had no idea this was really an issue in the United States these days. I mean, yeah. I always think about this and, you know, in other countries and that well, sort of thing. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of like, prehistoric i don't know what the right word is but like you'd assume this be happening in the 1800s early 1900s and here we are yeah. 2023 well and it's a little different too when people were you know their their life expectancy was 35 or something i mean you got to get married at 15 and start having your babies <laughs> i think yeah in order to keep the human race going <laughs> exactly it's not so you get a cut on your finger and pff, your life is at risk <laughs> definitely definitely 
Uh, so what else? What else? Um, well, I'm thinking perhaps we should pop into actual cases that we're handling. I don't want us to get too far just on, on uh, interesting news stories. We can always come back, yeah, back of course. to those. Um, so <clears throat> a couple of things we were going to talk about. Well, actually, just on updates, first of all, we've been talking a lot about the BiPAP. BiPAP, CPAP. Yeah. There is actually the BiPAP, CPAP and BiPAP, but the CPAP recall. And um, that's obviously been big news for a while now. Um, I did just see in the news, I think last week, that President Biden has been prescribed a CPAP machine. Oh, geez. Here we go. Well, I mean, I'm sure that he has one of the new ones. With oh, they're going to the, get him the high quality stuff. Though. Yeah, I think yeah, I think he's going to be fine. Um, but, you know, that just brings it back into the news again. And the other reason it's been in the news a lot lately is that we've hit like the two-year mark from the recall date. And the recall date was back in uh, it was June 14th of 2021. So we're now two years past uh, the initial date when they recalled these machines and said, these are problematic, you need to get them replaced. And most of them have not still been replaced. Yeah. So is there any, is there a time limit where the, the government's like, hey, all right, you guys have had enough time, like, let's pick this this stuff up? Well, actually, yes. So that, that was, um, I think we might have mentioned that briefly in one of the prior episodes that that um, they were, were really coming down on Phillips and saying how many have been recalled and they were not meeting the, the, uh, the numbers that they had indicated that they would have met by this time, that they're way behind in getting them replaced. And yeah. they're saying, you know, it's just really hard. I mean, there's so many out there and they're basically the company doing this. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the ability to manufacture and get these things out, but they were getting some pressure basically being told, Hey, you know, not cool. Needs to speed it up, whatever it takes, get on it. So hopefully that's happening. Um, the other thing with the date that's, that's, um, somewhat of a concern and, and partly why I think was in the news is that, you know, for a lot of States, um, the, the time limit for filing a lawsuit is two years from when you knew or should have known oh, about an injury. Yeah. But that being said, um, again, you, the recall happened two years ago. A lot of people wouldn't know about it right away. I mean, it was in the news. People, we were getting calls now where people are just now hearing about it. Yeah. And they didn't know that it was recalled. And they're calling and asking us, how do we you know, sign up to get a new machine, that sort of thing. Um, but, but then the other thing is that, you know, you might have had um, a diagnosis and had no idea that that diagnosis was related to the machine. In fact, we had, we had a call from um, a, a client the other day um, with a particular condition, and she said, um, "My, I have asked my doctor, could this be related to my use of the CPAP machine? And he said, absolutely not, it's not related. And crazy enough, the condition is exactly one of the ones that are on the list of conditions that can be caused by wow. this machine. So even the doctors yeah. don't know. And so so to you know to to hold somebody to that 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 time frame when they're being told that it's not related. There's a lot of what I'm what I'm saying in not a very eloquent way is just that that um, this 2 years shouldn't shouldn't throw you, it shouldn't make you feel like you don't have a case because yeah. there are so many ways that that might not apply to you, but you would need to talk to an attorney about it mm -hmm. to find out. Um, and, you know, likewise, somebody might have heard about the recall two years ago, but they just got, you know, a lung cancer diagnosis, you know, six weeks ago. Well, mm -hmm. they didn't have the damage until they got this diagnosis. Yeah. 
you know. And then, like, you know, we, we said about there, we, we might have doctors telling them specifically, no, that's not related. So it goes to whether you knew or should have known mm-hmm. that you had an injury as a result of this product. And it so, seems like it's, it's a case-by-case basis of whether you, you should have known or could have known about it. Yeah, it's a factual issue. And, and, and that's one thing that you might even, you could file the lawsuit and, and the defense, you know, Phillips can argue that and, and we can argue against it. Yeah. And you, you may be successful. And, and hmm. so how, how does that get decided? I mean, that seems like something that's so subjective. It's hard to really determine. But at the same time, if doctors don't even know about it, I mean, that must be one of the most frustrating things is that you actually, you, you suggest what is wrong with you. Yeah. You're correct. But your doctor who you trust and assume knows better, more and better than you says, no, 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 don't worry about it. You're good. Well, I mean, they don't necessarily know. And that's one of the frustrating things that we've talked about in a lot of these cases is that sometimes the doctors are the last ones to know about certain of these products. Yeah. Um, and, and they may know that this machine has been recalled, but they haven't studied what are all of the multitude of conditions that can result from this problem. Mm-hmm. And, and those things change too. And again, if it's not something that you're hyper-focused on and you're really following closely, you wouldn't necessarily, you wouldn't necessarily know that as a doctor. Yeah. I mean, I would have no idea if I do this podcast, and I bet you a lot of people wouldn't have any idea if they weren't listening. Yeah, absolutely. But but I mean, it just <clears throat> the point really is just that you know it has been two years, and the information that about the product being recalled has been out there now for two years. You know, if you're concerned, if you think that you might have been injured, um, if you have a condition and you don't know if it's related, or even if your doctor is telling you it isn't related, I mean, there's always you know you might need to get a second opinion. You might need to see a specialist. Which doctor is it who's saying this? You know, is it a, is it a GP doctor? Is you know, is it your, you know, if it's lung cancer, is it your oncologist? I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but there's a lot of information out there and all doctors don't have all of the information, unfortunately. So, so the, really the issue is that, again, it's, it's one of these things, time is of the essence. Um, if you think you might have a case, um, really talk to somebody soon. Yeah, and and I know that the issues aren't just in the lungs. It can be like lung and pancreatic. Oh, there's like liver cancer. There's like a zillion exactly. cancers so and like, that you wouldn't even suspect. Exactly, and and that's kind of going back to which doctor do you go to? Who can you trust? Who's actually going to know? I mean, unless you're just going across the entire spectrum of doctors, it's going to be difficult to you know, get a solid understanding and yeah. without talking to attorney, at least. Well, and, and, and we get our information, you know, from experts, from epidemiologists, from studies. Yeah. Um, but again, doctors don't necessarily, they don't have time. They're trying to take care of you. They're not trying to read all of these studies that are coming out. And then it, it changes all of the time. The science always evolves in these types of cases. Mm-hmm. So, so they, you know, it's nothing against them. They just may not know. Um, you know, so it's worth it's worth checking in. You know, we have the information. We can direct you to you know various studies and uh, you know where you can can find the lists of the conditions. Um, if you don't want to talk to us, but we're happy to talk to you about it too. <laughs> so that's an update on recent cases. Is there is there any new cases or is there any further updates on on other ones? Well, we had started. We had jumped into the Azempic a little bit last time, but I think we were hesitant oh, to go yeah. too far with it. Yeah, just let's because. get into it. Let's. Open that can of worms. I'm ready. Open that can of worms. Well, and even since the last time we talked, there have been some kind of some some updates on it. Um, the most well, let's kind of just back up. I think everybody knows what Ozempic is. It's the medication for type two diabetes. But one of the kind of positive side effects, I guess, are that, is that people have been losing a fairly significant amount of weight on it. Yeah. Um, so the manufacturer actually has another medication, Wagovi, which there's with the same active ingredient, but which they're actually pitching for weight loss. The other ones are not supposed to be used for weight loss. They're supposed to be used for type 2 diabetes. Mm-hmm. 
And so it's been all over social media, and a lot of uh, <clears throat> a lot of um, stars and and influencers and all are using it and talking about it. Um, and it's it's super expensive um, if you don't have a prescription. If your insurance doesn't cover it, it can cost um, I think it's about up to about nineteen thousand dollars a year because Jesus. yeah, and so it's monthly injections. Um, and then of course one of the big downsides of this becoming so popular also is that the people who really need it can't get it because they just can't keep up with the demand and the manufacturing. Um, So, so that's kind of, I think what everybody's heard. The problem is that like with anything, I mean, it's not all good news. Um, And whenever you start taking a medication, there are going to be side effects. And, you know, it, you always, do a kind of a a risk benefit analysis. I think when you decide whether or not to take a medication, you know, what is the good it's going to do for me? Well, if it's going to help with my type two diabetes, that's a good, um, if it's just going to be a cosmetic thing, lose weight because I don't have type two diabetes, do I then want to accept the, um, potential side effects? Yeah. I mean, I've, I heard a a decent amount about it before you brought it up and, you know, the Hollywood drug, which a lot of, especially Hollywood actresses are using. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a ton of pictures of them just doing some insane transformations in just an absurd amount of time. Um, and obviously people say diet, workout, which definitely, you know, can help, but some of these transformations are just insane to see. Um, and I think the, the crazy part too, is that the people that actually need the drug, it's not being able to, it's, there's not enough. Yeah. 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 So, and, I mean, in one of the, so a lot of compounding pharmacies have been trying to kind of make their own version of it. Interesting. Yeah. So basically using the same um, ingredients. And in fact, um, Novo Nordisk is now suing a bunch of pharmacies and bed spas and all of this because, you know, they want to limit people to buying it from them. Yeah. You know, they're the ones who, as they say, you know, put all of the, you know, years of research and development and studies and, you know, they financed all of this. Um, they've got this patent on this medication. So these people who are trying to to kind of sell it under other other labels, um, they're they're suing them. Well, and and the side effects that I've heard are just absolutely terrible. I mean, it's like nauseousness, diarrhea, throwing up, uh, headaches. I mean, sure there, and and then there are like the ones that are actually you know, life-threatening, like cancers and pancreas and gallbladder, I think you mentioned last time. But even just the day-to-day, I mean, that sounds just so unpleasant to live with and go through. And just to to cut a few pounds or like, you know, have a little bit of a life hack, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and so so the the, the side effects that they warn about are a lot of the GI issues and the nausea. But I mean, it can be extremely severe. And so a lot of doctors are saying that people um, are just, they can't tolerate it. They can't, you know, they can't continue on. Even the ones who are doing it, you know, because they have type two diabetes and they they, they need a medication, um, so it's not just minor problems. Um, but then the more significant ones, um, and, and the, the current lawsuits are involving um, gallstones and gallbladder disease. People yeah. are, yeah. So that's a really significant one. Um, there's also um, more recently been an indication that um, thyroid cancer. 
may be related. And so it's, that's um, something that is being studied now. But again, that's a, that's a pretty big, scary thing. I mean, the gallbladder and the thyroid cancer um, are pretty serious. And then actually just this week, um, it, it's come out that apparently it's also now causing suicidal thoughts. And there have been suicides associated. I've never really understood that, you know, something causing suicidal thoughts. I mean, I would imagine I can see it causing depression, right? If it's messing with the chemicals in your head, but like putting specific thoughts in your, I mean, there's even like with antidepressants, right? I think yeah, it was, yeah. uh, especially like young, young adults and antidepressants. That yeah. was a big issue. And I never it. understood that. And I don't want to get too far off topic, but especially something like this, that is for diabetes that is affecting a wide variety of your organs. And now it's yeah. also put in these thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and again, this is, this is very new. I think it just came out this week. Um, it was a, I believe it was, uh, gosh, it was the European medicines agency is investigating it. Um, and there is actually in the U S a warning, um, about, um, yeah, recommends that patients are monitored for suicidal thoughts or behavior. And it's so interesting with drugs like this, where, if it wasn't for the weight loss, if it wasn't for a lot of these, you know, higher upper echelon individuals using it, I'm sure a lot of these side effects would have never came out or would have taken years to come out because just not as many people were taking it. So there wasn't as big as of a test sample. Um, there wasn't as high of a chance for a lot of these different conditions. But now because it is on like nearly mainstream at this point. <laughs> I hope it's not quite mainstream. Not quite, oh, like... not quite, but, you know, maybe in the upper echelons, uh, I don't know. No, I don't know. But, you know, now all these issues are coming up and it's... Well, they're coming out faster because so many more people are using it. Exactly. I mean, like we said, I mean, they can't even keep up with the production. The, the, the number of people they thought would be using this medication, you know, has been multiplied many times over. I don't know the exact numbers, but yeah. obviously enough that they can't, can't produce it fast enough. So many, many more people are using it. So, of course, you're going to have more adverse events reports, more people reporting about the problems, you know, and doctors seeing those problems. And how, I, 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 to my understanding, you're losing weight because it just destroys your appetite, essentially. Well, it destroys, yeah, it, it basically does, it decreases your appetite and the food, it takes longer for the food to leave your stomach. So you actually technically are fuller for longer. Huh. But, and again, so that's going to assume that you're eating because you're hungry. And, and so a lot of people who are overweight um, don't, aren't necessarily, I mean, there's a lot of emotional eating yeah. and other, you know, things along uh, along those lines. Um, and, and that also goes to the fact that, that maybe you take it for a while and you do lose the weight because, you know, physically you, you feel like you, you don't want to eat or, or you're so nauseous you can't eat. Mm -hmm. um, but then when you go off of that, what's going to happen? I mean, you haven't addressed any of the underlying issues or behaviors. You've only made it so that you can't eat for a while. Yeah. So when you stop that... You're, you're presumably going to gain that weight back. And, and, you know, there's a lot of studies that say that that's even worse for you is that constant, you know, gaining and losing and then regaining the weight is, is unhealthier, yeah. <laughs> less healthy um, than being heavier consistently for, for the, you know, for the entire time. And it's wild to me that, you know, it affecting your hunger and the food staying in your stomach more. So you're not as hungry. And I'm assuming the diarrhea and nauseousness throwing up yeah. that also is adding to it. I mean, it doesn't seem like a very complex way to lose weight. And so for it 
to, to risk all of these other insane issues alongside that. I mean, there's just nothing else that can replicate that. I mean, shit, I have a cup of coffee and I'm not very hungry. <laughs> Maybe there's some nicotine, I don't know, energy drink, and that kills my appetite right there. Yeah, none, none of which I would highly recommend to the general public. I mean, if it's yeah. Ozempic or a, a Red Bull, <laughs> I would think I'm going with the Red Bull. All right, I'm with you on that one. Well, yeah, I mean, and there are, there, there are really horrible symptoms that we're talking about, but then there's also a lot of things that, that you see on social media, too, about people are saying, you know, they've got a Zempic face, they've got Ozempic butt, they've got Ozempic finger. What's, a, what is, what's that? Well, uh, you've heard the Ozempic face, right? Where people, I mean, so when you lose weight kind of quickly, I mean, you don't get to spot reduce. You don't get, you don't get to lose it off of your, your thighs or your stomach or wherever Jeez, you might goes, want to. Yeah. Um, and so people, their, their faces look very hollow. And um, so, yeah, and so there have been a bunch of pictures on social media of Ozempic face, and then they need like fillers. And so it's like, you know, you're fighting, you know. <laughs> you're just con constantly fighting yeah. a battle that you're losing. Yeah. And then the Ozempic body, Again, people, you know, booty is a big thing these days. Everybody wants to have a butt, and people are losing a bunch of weight in their butt, and now their pants are hanging off of them, and they don't like that. That doesn't look good. Because again, if you're if, if the goal here is to look perfect, um, and then the Ozempic finger thing, I thought was amusing, and that's just that all these people have to come in and get their rings resized because they they're falling off of them because Jesus. their fingers are too skinny. So. Uh, that's an issue I wouldn't even imagine. Is that you're just yeah. losing too much weight in specific areas. Uh, it would really suck if your fingers are skinny, but your ass is still fat. I was about to say, if you look like you have like a anorexic face, <laughs> very deep, and then you got love handles on the side, that would throw me <laughs> off. I'd be like, what the hell's going on here? Well, you would know the answer. It would be Ozempic. Ozempic face. There it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not to laugh because it's very serious stuff. I mean, I mean, you know, the, the, the social media thing and everything is, is kind of amusing, but... Um, you know, it's just one of these one of these things where people are, are taking, you know, drugs are all, you know, all drugs have risks. Yeah. I, I mean, and they can be dangerous. And so people have just jumped on this this bandwagon um, and, and want to spend crazy amounts of money um, mm -hmm. hoping to lose weight quickly. Um, and, and again, is that is it going to last? I mean, is it even going to be worth it in the long run? And so where, where is the lawsuit here? Is it f with the company that created Ozempic? Yeah, Nova Nordisk. So the only actual lawsuits right now, as far as in the mass tort realm, are the gallbladder. Because if you if you adequately warn, um, then you know then then the person has is they know about the risk and they can choose to take it or not choose to take it. Um, the theory in that is that there was not adequate warning, and so there'll be you know if if it turns out that this uh, thyroid cancer is is a, is a significant uh, you know that uh, there is. This is really getting studied right now. It's yeah. what they call like a marker. They've they've noticed you know a, a red flag here that needs to get researched. But if it turns out that they knew about this and they hadn't disclosed it, that would be a potential lawsuit as well. Likewise with the suicidal thoughts and ideations. Yeah. So again, those are things that are just coming up. Like you said, I mean, all of a sudden people are using it, so we're seeing what the problems are. Uh, there might be more. There may be there may be other situations. And what does a case look like if they experience those issues, but they weren't prescribed it because they're using it for weight loss or they were prescribed it and it's clearly just not meant for them. They don't have diabetes. They don't have any of the issues. And the doctor is just maybe a little, a little shady and, you know, did it for them. Well, so the doctors can prescribe... Um, they can prescribe medications, you know, for conditions other than what they're intended for. Yeah. You know, so off-label is basically what they call it. Um, so a doctor could prescribe it. And, you know, with these situations as well, 
um, you know, there may also be reliability on the doctor because the doctor may, you know, has to also talk to the patient about the medication and what the problems are with the medication. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if a doctor is really negligently prescribing something, that would be a theory. Um, you know, I think, you know, at this point, there's a, a lot of information out there about the problems. Um, and, I, you know, I don't know how many doctors are still doing it. I mean, if they can even get it. Yeah. I mean, the supply is obviously running down a little bit, but I would yeah. assume with just the massive influx, there has to be a decent amount of situations where it just doesn't make sense to, to prescribe it or they're just doing it without a prescription. They're getting it off the black market or something. And so if those conditions happen in those cases, I mean, do they have a case? Or Well, well potentially, yes. So, I mean, if they're taking the, the medication, um, if, if they get the medication legally, however they're getting it, yeah. um, I mean, the, the, they, the company is required to list all of the risks. Now, right now, it's our position that the risk for the gallbladder disease is not adequately indicated. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you get it in a legal manner and you have a gallbladder condition, then yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, sometimes, the, you know, ultimately if you get in front of a jury, jur- jurors can be a lot less sympathetic to people if they are taking something for a cosmetic reason. Yeah, that so, makes sense. Yeah, well, in classically like medical malpractice cases, if, if there's a malpractice, you know, in, in a cosmetic surgery setting, jurors just aren't as sympathetic to the people as they are if it's, you know, some other surgery that they needed for their health. Yeah. And so it, I think that that could play a part also, you know, one, if these things get to trial yeah. where they're saying, hey, this is, you know, we don't like you because you took it just to try to get skinny. So we're not going to compensate you for the, you know, the gallbladder condition, the same one that this other person, you know, who had two, type two diabetes yeah. suffered from. I mean, so. unfortunate, but it makes sense. Well, it's just, it's how, it's how people are. It's how, you know, how juries are. And so if you got it in an illegal manner, you're going a back alley and buying those Zempic from the black market. Yeah. It would be a tougher case. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying that's a tougher case. <laughs> I'm not so sure I would be taking that case. You might find somebody who would take that case. So is this a situation where if you're taking it and you're experiencing any issues, you should reach out to an attorney or yeah, a doctor? Yeah, definitely. Right now, um, you know, the gallbladder cases, those are moving forward. Um, you know, if you are having if you are having suicidal issues, um, you know, or, or you have a loved one who, who did commit suicide while taking the medication um, or been diagnosed with thyroid cancer, definitely reach reach out because it's something, you know, those cases, it may be something that we will be moving forward with. Mm -hmm. So it's good to go ahead and and get in touch. Um, And then also so that we can kind of keep people informed how this progresses, how the science um, plays out. Yeah. I think it's good that this is coming to, to light. You know, I think this is a situation where it was being abused behind closed doors for a while, especially, you know, like you said, I Hollywood drug. Yeah. A lot of actresses, especially, were, were using this behind closed doors. And it isn't until recently that it's becoming a little bit more mainstream or at least coming to the public eye. Uh, and all these issues are coming out. I mean, gallbladder, like I said, I don't even know what the hell that does, but it doesn't sound. <laughs> you need it. Yeah, it doesn't sound very it's pleasant to have, to have issues. And yeah, gallbladder good. stones. I've seen close up oh, pictures of stands. kidney stones. Oh my God, it's like razors combined into a ball. It looks yeah. terrifying. I'm assuming gold, gold stones are the same thing. Yeah, you don't want that. 
Jeez Louise. Well, I did kind of have a question on the suicidal thoughts thing, but I don't want to get too off topic. And I also feel like it's probably just not even a very, it's not a legal question. It's more curiosity. Well, uh, I may or may not know the answer if it's a le- not a legal question. Should, should we, is there something else we want to go- touch on though before? Well, go ahead and ask your question. Well, so, I mean, as going back to the suicidal thoughts thing, I mean, how is that something that even came up? Because wasn't it Prozac, which was, that was like kind of the one of the really big early antidepressants that had that issue and now it's like any antidepressants you take is always you know watch out for suicidal thoughts ideation how is it something that a drug can cause those type of thoughts and why is it so extra prevalent i guess it makes sense antidepressants well because it's yeah affecting your brain chemistry mm-hmm. um i mean and one of the interesting things is uh, when i was reading about this coming up with the ozempic was that they were saying that when they did the studies you know they specifically selected people who didn't have any any kind of, you know, past history of depression or suicide or anything mm. like that. So that, you know, these are people who, you know, it's not like it, it, you're, you're not going to expect it. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, I, I mean, I think that it's not really clear exactly how it's happening with this medication. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's much more clear um, with respect to the psychiatric medications. Um, one of the issues was it affects your gut biome and, you know, and so that's kind of systemic. I don't know how that would affect. Yeah necessarily or I've heard a ton about the gut enzymes and Mm -hmm. how like your entire body yeah fluctuates based off those enzymes and that's why like what you eat can just throw off your entire body as well, well exactly and, and and different foods can cause you know you to feel depressed mm-hmm. anxious all of those kinds of things so again i they, you know they're not saying right now and in fact they may not know yeah. why it's happening they're just noticing that it has happened and that there's been a significant uh number of people indicating this so you know i think that again it's one of those things where it's early on and we're going to have to see how it plays out and what exactly the science is but but the one uh reference was talking about about, that it was affecting the gut biome and so that makes sense that yeah, makes sense i mean it, yeah. it that entire drug is affecting the gut overall yeah. um but i don't know just the the idea of like side effects being like specific thoughts you know if it was like be careful if you get too depressed or you know things get bad and then that you know generally yeah. leads to suicide it's yeah. Well, and actually, and so with, with Rigovi, the one that's specifically for weight loss that when it's um, released in the U.S., they do say to monitor yeah. um, for suicidal or for depressive thoughts, I think it is. I don't think they say suicidal. But um, so they know that it somehow can affect. But, but I mean, how could it how could it not? I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just, you know, if, if food affects us so much and you're so nauseous and you're sick and, you know, you're. It, it, your food is staying in your gut longer before it clears out. I could see how that could certainly. Yeah. I don't know the science behind the gut enzymes, yeah. but I've seen a lot of videos where it's like just compl- so underrated. It's something that people don't realize they don't know is a thing. That's why there's a lot of like gut cleansing yeah. or a lot of vitamins and stuff to, to really build upon it. Teas as well yeah. um, that are coming out where people are kind of realizing the importance of it. Oh, it's like this big popular thing right now, too, because, I mean, I swear five years ago I had never heard the term gut biome. No, exactly. That's ever. what I'm saying. Like and, it, you know, now it's like all I hear about. Well, even now, I think a lot of people around my age group, they don't understand uh, gut enzymes. Enzymes, what the hell is an enzyme? I don't know. It sounds <laughs> like a biological small little thing in my tummy. I don't know what the hell it is, what it does. Uh, but I know that it's important. I want to mess with it. Yeah. Well, that does make sense. Um, and that does kind of answer my question a little bit more. I just always thought that was so crazy. So insane that there's yeah. so many drugs that had that risk of it. But you're just like, how the hell is this? Yeah. Where's the connection here? 
Yeah. Well, hopefully we will find out. Um, and like I said, I mean, it may or may not um, pan out that, that, that it's, it is it's a big issue with the, with the drug. But so far, there's been enough that it's they're looking at it. And I'm interested. I mean, we'll, we'll keep updating on this case, but I want to see if there's any um, famous people actresses, actors that come out with, you know, these massive issues, these, mm, these yeah. issues are pretty big, you know, this isn't yeah. something you can really put, push under the bed, push under the rug. It's going to be apparent. So it's going to yeah. be interesting to see if anything comes out there. Yeah. Um, but on cases that we're handling. Cases that we're handling. Cases well, we would handling. handle these cases. I mean, yeah. you know, um, we have not been contacted by anybody yet with gallbladder issues on this, but we would handle it. So, um, yeah, but um, so <laughs> hernia mesh, which is still a big thing and has been a big thing for a lot of years, as you know. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to talk this week a little bit about a particular um, MDL with a very specific hernia mesh. MDL, um, can, you, can you go through that? Oh, yeah, multi-district litigation. Okay, so yeah. where the cases are consolidated in federal court. Mm-hmm. Um, so cases from all, all states um, that have a problem with the same product to get, get grouped together for, for litigation. Um, and so there, the, the Cavidian mesh is actually slightly, well, they have some meshes that are different from the other ones we've been talking about that involve using polypropylene as yeah. a product. And that's a plastic one, right? Yeah. And so these are um, actually, well, they have some that use polypropylene, but they also have some that use polyester. Jeez, the stuff my shirts are made out of. <laughs> I wouldn't buy you a polyester shirt. That is a quality silk shirt oh, okay. you're wearing. This, is, this is one's quality, but I mean, I'm, there's a lot of clothing made with polyester. I'm kidding. Yes, yes. No, it is. And so um, they're the only major manufacturer of of uh, hernia mesh that uses the polyester. And a lot of people are saying that it's just, it's the very worst material that you can put into a human body. Um so these cases, uh, well, first of all, it's also, it's, it's not only does it break down um, and cause a lot of inflammation, but it, it's just, it's very weak. And so when you put in a mesh, you're trying to put it in there to strengthen the tissue. Yeah. And so this of all products is falling apart much more quickly um, and not really doing what it's supposed to do in the first place. Yeah. And then it's causing a lot of inflammation. And um, there are a number of studies that have been coming out over the years um, as early back as 2003, indicating that this was problematic. Um, but it's a product that is um, still being used. I mean, how, how the hell does something like this get on the market? That's always my question, because I mean, it's something that it's the worst of the worst of all of it. It sounds like they're the only ones, like you said, the only ones using polyester. So none of their competitors are doing it. I'm sure they're looking around like something. I mean, there has to be a reason no one else is doing it. And then it's not even doing the job that it's meant to do, which is to strengthen the, the tissue and the muscles there. Yeah, well, and so so this goes back to that a lot of products, they get not approved, which is when you go yeah. through the whole pre-market approval, they get cleared, and they get cleared based on they're substantially yeah. similar to a product that did get approved. And so substantially similar, that's yeah, quite the term. I mean, it can mean a lot of different things. I mean, they're both square. They're both material. They're both, I mean, you know, it's like with those metal-on-metal metal hips. I mean, you, you, you have a, a similar shape, but you use an entirely different material, and that's, it's getting it's cleared. So. Well, it's not even just like on the government side. It's like, how are these execs, these CEOs looking at this? And they're like, yeah, you know what? We need something to strengthen this tissue. They look down, they're wearing polyester shirt. <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit, I got Give ideas. Give me a pair of scissors. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I think I got it. <laughs> 
I wonder if this really happened. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of what. What's different? What's new and different and unique? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and they all want to say, you know, this is new and this is the great new thing and this is better. And, you know, and we don't know it's not better until it's implanted in a bunch of people and they start having problems and the lawsuits happen and now we know it's not better. It's a problem. And they're not even testing these most of the time, are they? Well, they don't have to go through the whole pre-market approval testing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so basically it's very minimal. They can just throw it on the market. Well, I See how it goes. Quite Roll the dice. <laughs> yeah. You know, if we sell enough, it should be fine. Well, you always calculate it on how much you're going to pay out of lawsuits. Well, and I'm sure they're, I'm, I'm assuming they're advertising this to doctors because I don't think people are going into, you know, they get a hernia and they're like, you know what? I want the newest, bestest hernia mesh there is. I want the new, new, you know, it's like going into a shop of getting a new pair of sneakers and you're like, I want the new Nikes. I want the new hernia mesh. Get that one, that one. You're pointing up to the, the top row. Well, and then you can go and you can brag to your friends. What hernia mesh do you have? Yeah, I've got yeah. the new and improved Covidian polyester. Yeah. Mm. And they say, oh, really? I have the uh, polyamir. Oh, wow. Peasant. <laughs> This is probably happening in hospital corridors all across the country. I assume so. Yeah. So anyway, um, these cases, and, 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 you know, as we're, we're joking around, but most people actually don't know what kind of mesh they have. I mean, they trust their surgeon to put in whatever the surgeon believes is best, um, you know, and, and and the surgeon obviously is, is being, you know, pitched by the various uh, product companies and um, and they're not told all of the problems either. Um, so most people aren't going to know what they have, but it is something that um, you can find out from your surgeon. Um, we can find that out for you if you need to. We can order the sticker sheet, get the medical records. Just to, It's usually part of the um, um, in, included in the operative records. Um, and you know, find out if, if you do have this product. Um, but the problems to look out for this one are, are basically the same as the other hernia mesh. It's just that it may happen quite a bit sooner um, mm. than we're seeing with, with the polypropylene. So a lot of the problems include adhesions, infections, um, bowel obstructions, can be organ perforation, um, yeah, injuries to the nearby organs, chronic pain, um, bowel strangulation. Um, there have been deaths. Um, but bowel strangulation, that is a yeah, terrifying term. It is really terrifying. I, I mean, I mean it can, well, it can kill you. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, yeah, it's, it's, strangling you, you need getting, surgery. Or <laughs> I mean, oh, if I'm, when I'm worried about getting strangled, it definitely <laughs> is not by a device in my body. Do you often worry about getting strangled? I, I think this would be a common uh, issue. Uh, not really, but I don't know. You walk down the wrong alley. Uh. Well, or you're on the snap maps and somebody exactly, stalks exactly. you. Could... But in this case, it's like you're on the wrong operating table. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the most common problems um, are pain, infection, recurrence, adhesion, that sort of things. But um, yeah, so so again, most people don't know if they have this one as opposed to the other ones. That that. Um, but we are um, looking at any and all hernia mesh cases. Um, and, uh, you know, most of them are the polypropylene, but there are also these polyester ones out there. Um, they are problematic. So yeah, if you've had any problems with that, definitely get in touch with us. We'd be happy to help you figure out what you have. And if you have a case, that's crazy. These are still developing. I mean, it's been going on for so long and there's just new substances and new materials coming out. Um, already, what was it? MDL. Multidistrict litigation. Yeah. There's a new MDLs coming out still. I mean, it seems like this is never ending and yeah. the amount of variety of issues. 
Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. And these have been, man, I mean, these cases have been going on, I don't know, it's been like five or six years. It's been a, it's been a long one. I mean, of course, you know, there's a big hiatus with, with COVID, as, yeah. as there were with a lot of a lot of cases. Makes sense. So anyway, that's still happening. Well, we kind of are coming to a close here, but I wanted to see, did we have, do we have any questions from the audience? I, I was missing that. You know, last week we didn't cover it at all. It's my yeah. favorite part of the show. Well, um, I don't, you know, I did have one big question, which is going to involve quite a, a more of a, a discussion, which we will maybe hit back on next time. Um, but it had to do with the statute of limitations mm-hmm. and the time within which you can bring a lawsuit because um, we were contacted by somebody who was super frustrated because um, he had uh, suffered an injury when he was a child and really wanted to pursue it. It was a drug-related injury. Um, and so, but it's just way too late to do that. Um, And so his question was like, why, you know, why do we have such a thing as a statute of limitations, statute Mm -hmm. of limitations? Why do we have that? And it's not fair and that kind of thing. And so, um, you know, kind of the short answer um, is that that there is a limit on all types of claims. They're different for different types of claims. Um, And the purpose of that is that when it gets too far back, I mean, the reality is that that witnesses aren't going to remember things, Mm -hmm. documents aren't going to be preserved. There's really not going to be a way to defend against a case or honestly, even to pursue it um, after a certain amount of time passes. Um, but it does vary state to state. I thought maybe we'll get into that in a little more detail, like exactly how that works and yeah. you know what some of the exceptions are along those lines. I was going to say, I remember there being cases where there was exceptions, like the Boy Scout ones, mm-hmm. as well as I think Camp Lagoon. Camp Lejeune. Well, yeah, that was a, that's a little bit different because they, yeah, I mean, that was a statutory situation where an act was passed, which allowed, yeah. um, uh, you know, allowed people who had lived on these bases to make claims. Um, and with this, the Boy Scouts also, um, child sex abuse cases can be treated differently depending mm-hmm. on the states. And a lot of states, um, well, well, in any situation, if you're injured when you're a minor, the time frame doesn't start to run until you turn 18 years old. And then, sense. you so, for example, like in Arizona, where you have a two-year statute, mm-hmm. um, so if it happened to you when you were six, you still have till you turn twenty. Two years—that seems pretty small there. Well, so it's two years if you're an adult, um, but but and again, the, the sex assault cases have are different um, because they are statutorily um, states have changed the the rules with mm-hmm. in that regard. Some states have say that there's no statute of limitations now ever, um, and there was a period where they opened up. They said there was a window. Open and like some people, some states says you can uh, bring a case until you're 50 years old, some it's 30, mm-hmm. um, but rarely is it like, you know, two years or whatever that state is, two yeah. years, three years after um, after you turn 18. Um, and so so there are some some reasons and situations where perhaps that should be changed and where it can be changed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a good question. I mean, that's, those are the two of the two of the very specific situations. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so interesting because it must be incredibly frustrating to find yeah. out, you know, you know that these damages took place, you know, someone's responsible for it. And because of the statute of limitations, you just can't pursue it. And you... Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, and it's very frustrating just, you know, even not childhood cases, but situations where people come to us three years after, you know, so they say it's a car accident and, and the statute of limitations is in, in Arizona is two years and they come in the three years and they had horrible, horrible injuries. Um, but they just waited too long. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's just really no way around that, unfortunately. I mean, it goes to what you always say, you know, if it went in doubt or if you're ever curious, just reach out to an attorney. Yeah. Yeah. They'll let you know. They'll let you know if this is something that you should pursue. I mean, 
the last thing you want is to wait too long. And especially with a lot of these mass tort cases, I mean, yeah. some of the damages can take years and years to come out, which I know the statute of limitations are kind of... Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, there's the discovery rule. And so, you know, it doesn't... If you took a drug, it's not like two years after you take the drug, you have to file a lawsuit. It's basically when, you know, you have to have an injury. Mm-hmm. So the time's not going to start to run until you do have an injury. Um, and then you have to, you know, knew or should have known yeah. that you had the case. So... Yeah, but we can delve into that a little bit more um, next time as well. Uh, and hopefully, yeah, we do need to get some more some more questions. Yeah, if anyone has any curiosities, whether it's law-related, <laughs> NFT-related, whatever it is, yeah, we'll talk about our <laughs> we'll lives. We'll figure it out. We'll answer. We're we'll big talkers, big talkers. But uh, I think this is probably a good point to kind of tease next episode. What kind of topics do you have planned for us next week? So next week, um, we're going to talk about, as far as cases that we're handling, the BARD power port. And these are some um, ports oftentimes used for chemotherapy um, that are malfunctioning and causing major problems. Um, sometimes death. So um, it's something that that has just recently come out um, that this is a problem. And so we're going to delve into that in a little bit more detail. Ports? Yeah. So ports like so that you don't have to put, you know, when you're going to get medications, um, IV regularly. Mm. um, So people who, I mean, if you have an ongoing condition, oftentimes they'll have a port installed. That makes sense. So you don't have to constantly go into the Yeah, blow out your veins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just have the port. Really common when you go into the hospital where they just have that one thing hooked up to you and they can just switch it out. Well, and this is more, you know, for chemotherapy where somebody's going to be going in, um, you know, multiple times, you know, a month to have this done. They're not, mm. yeah. So they're keeping that port in for weeks at a time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, that sounds rough. I'm like scared when I, when I have a like needle in or like yeah. an infusion, yeah. I'm scared to bend my arm. I feel like I'm yeah. about to puncture my vein with the needle or something yeah. like that. Yeah, not oh, good stuff. Scary so. stuff. Well, looking forward to talking about that next week. And, and a bunch of questions. We're looking forward to having a bunch of questions next week. So Yes. yes. All righty. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. It was a fantastic episode. I had a good time. Very good. I feel like we went through a bunch of topics. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. You know, we got Facebook. We got Instagram. We got TikTok. Whatever you've seen this on, go ahead and just post a comment down low. And if it's something where you want to be a little more private about it, that's all right. We understand. Shoot us an email and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll keep it anonymous for you. Don't worry about it. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, looking forward to next week. Sounds good. Have a good week. Prioritizing profits. Prioritizing, prioritizing, prioritizing pro- Dangerous drug and product cases.